Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mink Condition. I am one of your hosts, James, and with me is Joe. Hello, folks. And Chris. Hey, y'all. And we are going to do a special episode today. We're going to talk about Batman The Dark Knight, but uh, there are lots of podcasts out there that talk about Batman. There's lots of ways to talk about Batman. And for our podcast, since we brought Batman up a lot, for this episode, we kind of wanted to come th- come to it through an opinion of someone who's not familiar with the character through the comic book uh, world and have just a discussion about the Dark Knight, pros and cons, and get into it that way. So we have a guest. Our guest is um, Josh Murray. And you may know Josh Murray from our cousin podcast, The Trash Compactor, where he is a frequent guest and regular contributor. So Josh, thanks for being on the show with us. No problem. Yeah, we're I'm so excited. Glad to, we're so glad to have you here, especially like while we enjoy having Josh Bernhardt on the podcast, uh, you get to be the only Josh here. So, so, yes. so <laughs> I, you know, I, it's that's kind of cool. We get to call you Josh. For one yeah, time. I get to free my f- free my first name from the depths of uh, <laughs> the dungeons. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. We're so we're so glad you're here, man. Oh, thank, I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, um, I we've been um, just to give the audience a little backstory, you know, because it's Secret Origins on brand, and when we have a new person on the show, who hasn't you know, hasn't been on the podcast before, we like to go into Secret Origins a little bit. But um, uh, Josh and I and everyone, you know, and uh, Chris and Joe, this is the first time meeting. What we started connecting through Trash Compactor, and we've been having discussions offline about comic books and. I've uh, given Josh, I think, a pretty good daredevil addic- daredevil addiction. Yeah, daredevil and swamp thing. And swamp, swamp like thing. <laughs> so daredevil. I relate to on a lot of the like self doubt of what he's doing and the the religious aspect. But swamp thing, like each ep- like issue of the Alan Moore stuff, it's like blows my mind. Like I'm yeah. like, how this is so good. So, I, yeah. Can I ask? I know this is going to be a Batman episode, but can I ask like mm-hmm. specifically what is it about Swamp Thing that blows your mind? Because I think Swamp Thing is is very well known, but not very well read. And so I think there are a lot of people out there who don't realize just that it's, it's not, he's not just a monster. Right. So, so what is it about like swamp thing that really, that really pulls you in? So I, I was, James told me that I want to say bronze age swamp thing, right. That's like your favorite, but he said, he also recommended the Alan Moore and Mm -hmm. I love Watchmen so that I was familiar with that. So I was like, Oh, let me go there first. And the fact that, it's just like so, so, so different. Like it's, um, he's like, in terms of an origin story, it's kind of like a re-origin story, right? Because he learns that he is not a man that turned into a monster. He is actually just the consciousness of his former self. Mm-hmm. And then with the just diving into that and how he's makes you wonder like, what does it mean to be human? Right. Because he has his consciousness. And at one point he's literally running away with his humanity to try to protect it. And he has all his memories. He's got a physical body. uh, He's got a relationship. And so it's aspects of that, but also the villains are something I never encountered before either, because he'll be fighting one villain and then another villain will enter the fight for another reason. And then like, unspoken the two former villains like him and the other villain will team up against the other one defeat him and then it's just like done like it's just out it it just is like blowing my mind that there's not like he doesn't like win the day and you know i i read an episode that was about werewolves and like a woman trying to figure out the pain that she was having was it like related to her period or is it something more and then he like sees when she turns into a werewolf 
and like then he sees the human behind the monster and knows that he can't really attack this this woman so he just kind of follows her around as a werewolf to protect other people and they have like really great moment at the end and you're just like like he's relating to these monsters and seeing like the humanity behind Mm -hmm. the the monster stuff and then the fact that he has to learn there he gets like um corrupted by nuclear waste it does a whole story arc on three mile island and then he learns that he could like dissolve himself and then regrow himself but then as he's regrowing he's like literally learning about stuff so he'll be like i can't see but i could think i can't talk yet but then um abby's uh like using insecticide to keep him safe and so he has to develop speech to tell her to stop doing that because it's hurting him and that's how he develops speech and then where I'm at now, he could just transform within moments, you know, but anywhere in the world. And he like went to the center of the the earth and like lifted up part of it to like stop a flood. It's just like stuff I've never encountered before. And it's very like heady, but not in like an annoying way. It just, I was telling my friend about, I was relating it to the last episode of WandaVision with the vision fight where it's just oh, kind sure. of a, philo- yeah. a yeah. philosophy fight. And that seems like the whole vibe of of swamp thing and obviously yeah. it's got the feel of dr manhattan uh because of al moore where he's like it's like he's not interested in like the normal superhero stuff and so it's just super refreshing to me and then Good. the idea of like descending into hell to save somebody i was like this is blowing my mind <laughs> Wait, no, no, that's awesome i appreciate you sharing all that yeah. yeah his travels will get yeah. even larger and I'm, I'm so excited it's just um and it's one of those things that like you were saying that not many people know like or read Swamp Thing because I'll tell my friends that really like mostly the MCU like movies and they'll be like, that's the coolest thing. I was like, I know. It's like, so who would have thought that Swamp Thing is like so cool? I mean, as I, as I tell you in the text, like when we, when we talk about it, um, you know, that's like Alan Moore in his prime. That's like prime, mm-hmm. prime Alan Moore in the height of all his creative glory. Um yep. So, and you know, Joe, you were there like when that first started, like that was like revolutionary storytelling, I think back then, right? The Alan Moore stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the werewolf episode that Josh just uh, referenced was, um, caused quite a stir back then because it wasn't really a werewolf episode. It was really, you know, so it did cause a big stir and I go back to the beginning to the very first appearance, uh, secret house secrets number 92, a late page story that blossomed into uh this uh this you know this comic book legend created by uh len ween and bernie rison so yeah it's i'll eventually go back and read the ones where he is kind of a monster and dive into that but those are great stories which i like i'm very excited for and it's like interesting to see i know i kind of started you know at the part two type thing of, of Swamp Thing's story but it's just it's been a wild ride that i had no idea i thought it was just going to be you know, a monster saving people. I had no idea that um, right in the first issue of the Almore thing, like Swamp Thing dies and then <laughs> he's not dead. And it's just, it's just been incredible. And then Constantine who I, I love the movie, had no idea he was a comic book character or from Swamp Thing. Yeah. And he's just, um, he's like an asshole. Like I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Constantine, you know, he's constantly a thorn in Swamp Thing's side for sure. Yeah. Yep. 
So it's very interesting. Chris, this is usually where you say, welcome to the animal insert. I'm so glad you said it, Joe, because I was literally thinking. <laughs> I was literally thinking, all right, at what point am I going to cut in here? So thank you for that, Joe. You're welcome, Chris. So, uh, so we'll, we'll have to do another episode with uh, about Swamp Thing. Because uh, Swamp Thing and Daredevil, I'm, I'm oh, all in. Maybe Daredevil, yeah. Yeah, uh, so born again oh it's oh, incredible my favorite incredible. comic book story of all time i yeah i, I have you, to admit i'm so excited now they've announced it, that it's going to be an 18 part series and charlie yeah. is coming back i think it's going to be outstanding i think so i i um that one blew my mind i don't want to go too off on a tangent but that one having him just be so paranoid yeah you know, i was just like this is i've it's never brilliant. experienced comic books like this in which it gets so deep into it but that's i'm sure that stuff will come out in uh this episode too because i just everything refers to uh swamp thing and daredevil and batman now so yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i mean this is probably a good jumping off point because um you you're you've gotten into these comics now i know, I know prior to reading the stuff you know i've recommended to you and you've gotten into you you had a history with comic books because you know you shared with me you collected some and read some comic books in the past yeah and focusing on like the character of, of Batman, I kind of want to just dive dive into it. Like, so before I, before we had a conversation about it, I remember on an episode of Trash Compactor, Batman came up. I think maybe <laughs> in the third episode of, of Boba Fett, it was the it was the one where he went to the Tashi Station, I guess, and, and kicked the crap out of those guys. And you had made reference yeah. to, made reference to something in that commentary about Batman that you, you weren't a big fan of Batman. So I, no. not, I'm not throwing you under the bus. Oh, it's totally fine. I just, I just thought it's a probably a good jumping off point to start our conversation. So what, what were your opinions before Batman prior to like reading some of the stuff I've given you recently? Like where, where are you coming at with the character? So for me growing up, I did like Batman, but again, it was only from the movies. Now, I probably was embarrassed by the Adam West stuff back in the day. Now I would eat it up with a spoon and love every second of it. Oh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember once when I guess I didn't fully understand how movies worked and I wanted to have a Batman themed uh, birthday party thinking of the Tim Burton one, but it was probably not available to rent yet. And so like my mom got the old, you know, the shark and running with the bomb, Adam West. Oh, one. Yeah. Now I feel Amazing. like if I had a Batman, a bomb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I feel like if I had a Batman themed birthday, that's exactly what it would be. Like that would be my, my yeah. choice. Hands but of shark repellent um, and stuff. Excellent. Yeah, it's <laughs> so good. But the, my thing is I like the Tim Burton ones and when the Christopher Nolan one first came out, I was uh, the um, was Batman Begins. I was like, "Wow, this is a cool take on uh, like to be so gritty and realistic." And then what happened was, as that caught on, Christopher Nolan got a ton of hype. Which he is a great filmmaker. I am not a fan. I do, I do understand how good he is. I just um, as I focus on writing more, I just don't like his stuff but sure objective, what happened objectively you can respect him as an artist even if you don't like what he's doing yes and so um when he did batman i feel like a lot of the the fan hype about the movies and batman turned batman into like the opposite of what makes him special right the besides being a, a billionaire his special power is that he's a good detective and he's a normal person, right? He's the only human that I I know, right? In the Justice League, like he's the only straight up human. Everybody else is Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash? Question mark. Green Lantern. Um, Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, oh, and so there is Green Arrow, but he's not always in the Justice League. So. Oh, okay. Um, and so then Batman in in my circle of friends started to take on 
this life of its own where he was like the most powerful Superman um, superhero in everyone's eyes. And I was like, I feel like you're missing the point of Batman. If you are making him as powerful as people think, and you know, they go like, Oh, give him as much prep time as you want. And it's like, yeah, but like Cyclops could still like melt his face. Like, I don't know uh, in terms of how uh, overpowered he became due to fan service. And then I feel like that fan service changed the character again i'm speaking completely out of ignorance and this is just my observation no, no, of, you are of not. movies no, no. I, I have a problem with batman punching dark side in his hulkbuster batman suit <laughs> oh yes josh you are yeah. you're speaking my language <laughs> and so and then even uh, as we'll dive into some of the comics like even my question was like say in kingdom come which was a great comic i really liked it there's all these superheroes and then like, it's a big plot point that Batman shows up almost like save the day. And you're like, what? You're the least powerful person in this whole mix. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, and so that's a bit where I get confused. And then also I think there's a bit of a missed opportunity from the, the little bit that I've read that I feel like Batman's or Bruce Wayne either, or they're just never wrong. Like it's, I don't see the the conflict that I see with Daredevil or even Swamp Thing for that matter of like doubt and learning and understanding. Like they're always, he's always right. And it just doesn't, I just like, oh, why is he so overpowered that he's, he'll be with Superman who in one episode of Swamp Thing, like Alan Moore said, he could literally count the oxygen molecules in the, on the earth. Like, uh, but then like Batman's like smarter than him. You're like, what? Like, how, how is this possible? And so, um, that's where I, I fall. I like the way I like the new Batman movie. Cause I feel like there was actually a character arc there in which he was just this vigilante, putting people into comas for feeling stealing a TV. And then he actually turns into saving people by flair, you know, uh, lighting the way to help them escape. I was like, Oh, that's a character arc. I've never seen in Batman. Like Batman's usually Batman's character arc is a straight line. And um, so I was very excited by that. Well, I also like the way that um, Michael Keaton played Bruce Wayne in which he's very much like a fish out of water because Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne would be borderline like a sociopath, right? He wouldn't know how to interact with people. He saw a horrible crime when he's just developing. Then he has all this money and, um, you know, he's raised, to my understanding, by his butler, which I feel he did a good job. But there is something to be said about he would be weird and not as suave as he's always played. And so I really liked the Michael Keaton um version of it but i also talked for like 15 minutes straight here so i'm sorry i wanted to have the you know that was a great foundation i mean and we're, we're you're not wrong in some of the stuff you're you're saying there i mean i think most of it is is spot on but um i guess well joe i'll let you respond first i mean because you're you've been with the character the longest out of all of us so <laughs> yes i've been with the character since uh, may of 1966 i even have the comic Oof, in nice. front of me here uh, that's awesome where the heck is it uh, Batman number 183, August cover date, but came out in May of 66. Very first comic book I purchased. After seeing the Batman TV show, I went out and bought a Batman uh, comic book, and the rest is history. Awesome. Awesome. So, so yeah, I mean, um, I agree with most of what you said. I do not like an overpowered Batman. Uh, I do not like uh, a Batman being able to take down just about everybody in the Justice League. 
I like my Batman being street level, like Daredevil, like my Batman yes. many times, striking from the shadows and then disappearing back into the shadows. Yes. Yep. Uh, we call him today, we call him the, the, the Dark Knight. Back in the late 60s when Neil Adams came along and said, all right, enough of this campy crapola. We're going, we're going to return to his roots. He created the creature of the night. Oh. And that's what the Batman was, the creature of the night. And he scared the shit out of everybody, including the good, even the good people. Yeah. So that's the kind of Batman I like. I'd rather see Batman uh, taking out car thieves and drug dealers than, uh, you know, going to the apocalypse with the Justice League. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Because he like, it's just like, go to therapy. Stop beating up like people <laughs> trying, trying to like survive. And, um, you know, and he's just, like you said, he's fighting apocalypse or whoever, but it's like, isn't his like biggest arch nemesis, like a demented clown? Like what? Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh, Superman can't handle this. It's time for me, a mere mortal with a, a lot of money. And so it's, it's very weird for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I mean, I don't like a super-powered Batman. I mean, and I will say they, the, some of the stories that, that are my favorites of Batman, and you, I think, Murray, you, I'm sorry, Murray, Josh, um, <laughs> you know, you might have heard when you, you said you listened to our top 10 comic book um, mm-hmm. plot and story. Like, I like Court of Owls, and I like Tower of Babel, and both of those, Batman is wrong. Like he's wrong in both of them. Oh, I'll have to read those, yeah, because I would love to see Batman be wrong about anything. I mean, he doesn't necessarily apologize, but, yeah. but he he is wrong in the in like the the core of Alves is a whole conspiracy he doesn't believe is true. And I mean, I apologize for spoilers, but like, oh, that's he, fine. It is it is true. And then Tower of Babel, he makes some grievous. Um, well, let's just say, like, I, I mean, I, he makes plans against his friends that get used against his friends, and he made these plans so he could take all the Justice League members out. And, oh wow! So he, there was in the in place before sound, he had to. Right, yes. the reasoning is sound, but it was still not a thing that that should have been done. Kind of. So this yeah. is because I agree with you, James. So the Tower of Babel is easily one of my favorite stories, um, and it's because he's he's not wrong about the plans being needed. But part of what upsets his friends is a they didn't know about it. Superman's the only one who knows about it. Mm. Um, but b the they are so they are so viciously enacted and conceived that and and I don't want to go into any more details because if you if you read Tower of Babel you'll see if it's on Hoopla right is that what's called yeah, it's Hoopla? on Hoopla yeah, yeah. Hoopla, yep. Yep. nice um, you know they're so vicious that it's like he really he didn't just think of how to stop them he thought of how to like just put a, put an end to them. Um, wow. And so it's it's one of those things where they, they don't even really necessarily complain about the fact that the, making the plans was wrong. It's the way he handled it. Mm. I mean, I don't even think he says he's sorry. He I'm does. He, yeah. Does he say he's sorry? So he says it several storylines later because the Justice oh, okay. League has fallen apart and, mm. it's, and it's because of him. But it's like it's several stories later and the story in which he does it is not particularly good. Um, uh, maybe that's why I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the id, it's the id ego storyline. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Now I got you. But well, Chris, th- this is probably a good place for you to jump in, being the bat, the Batman expert on our show. What do you? What's your assessment of what Murray said about? The not Dark expert, night? just enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. You know, I I think the things you're saying are valid, and I think it's part of the problem with any character who's been around as long as he has, because it's been what eighty five years now. Joe, 1939. You know, he's he's been around for for so long and he's had so many different writers attached to him. And I don't know what the deal is now, but I know that when I was reading Batman, which would have been, you know, 
at, at, at my peak, I was reading in like two th- between 2000, 2002, he had at any given time, like seven, given seven titles, mm. seven different titles about Batman. And that's not including titles like young justice where he might show up. So there, there's just, there's so much about him. And I think that a lot of times people stretch his writers, stretch his abilities to either fit into the story because because they need him there. You know, if you're writing JLA, Batman has to be there because he was part of the team. Unless you're talking about during the stretch when he was kicked off the team. So since he has to be there and they like they want to tell these outrageous stories, they're like, well, we need a way for Batman to keep up. So they invent some sort of way for him to keep up, such as being able to punch Darkseid. That's a very good point because, yeah, if you want him to be in this Justice League, uh, you have to give him a way to be able to because like God bless the other like people in the Justice League to not be like, Bruce, this is this is hero stuff. Go go play in the corner. Right, go play counter right. money. Yeah, yeah, Scrooge right. McDuck. Like and, we're, you know, we're doing hero stuff. Right. There was a there was a time though, uh in the satellite era of the Justice League, which is the uh uh set early seventies, mid seventies, where uh Batman would get left behind on the space station if they were if there was something really uh Yeah. Uh, important, like uh, they were fighting Starbreaker and something like that. And, you know, Superman, mm-hmm. Green Lantern, Hawkman, The Flash, Wonder Woman, they would take care of that guy. And okay. Batman and Black Canary and Green Arrow would stay behind and uh, eat pizza in the, in the station. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I could see him devising a plan that might work that they could overlook they, but they could, and have to use their powers because he doesn't have any. Right. Like I could see something like that, but it just got to a point where it just – I feel like no no matter what armor you put on, like Superman could like rip you in half. Well, <laughs> this is where it actually, you know, it really is about all of, it's about the, the format of comics and it's about what they've done to all heroes because, for instance, Superman didn't originally fly. No. Oh. He, when they say leap, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, that's what they meant. He could jump because he was super strong, but super Oh, like fly. Jessica Jones. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, They've taken almost every character and they, over time, they start attributing new powers to those characters exactly. because that's how they evolve because they're going, well, we've got to raise the stakes. And then they raise the stakes and they go, well, there's got to be a way the hero can keep up. So, like, if you want to read, in my opinion, a really good instance of an author who, who, could, who understood how to keep Batman human, um, it's not even the entire storyline, but Hush. And it's the moment, it's the issue in Hush where he has to fight Superman because specifically he comes to, he comes to Metropolis to follow Poison Ivy and Superman shows up and Batman goes, you don't, he's there with Catwoman and he's like, you don't show up to Metropolis, not ready for him. And Superman being controlled by Poison Ivy turns on Batman and Batman doesn't fight him. Batman literally spends the entire time running. The uh, okay. Time. Like just hitting him with everything he's got. And then like at some point he bluffs his way out of a situation. And the entire time it's it's they do it in like some animated stuff. But the, the comic it works because you can see you can read Batman's thought process. And at some mm-hmm. point he talks about Superman being the, being the best doing uh, is the best at what he does. And Catwoman after Batman delivers kind of a vicious beating through a, through a tool. Catwoman goes, I don't know about that. And Batman says, Oh, I said he was the best at what he does, not the best at what I do. <laughs> oh, okay, that's, that's a badass line. That's really good. It's, yeah, it's an awesome line. And it's also that reminder of like what he's counting on is deep down Superman is a good person and deep down Batman is not. 
and oh like, yeah yeah like he just he he slings tools at him to buy Catwoman enough time to enact his real plan. So like there's all this there are good stories I think where they remember that Batman is human. Um they handle it well. The the storyline in which he is uh, accused of being a murderer overall is not a great arc, but the really nice thing about it is that he turns on his family like he blocks out Dick Grayson as Nightwing, he blocks out Oracle, Barbara Gordon, he blocks out Robin, Tim Drake. He, he, oh, wow. he blocks everybody out, and he comes to realize that this was all used against him. And he finally sort of reconciles with Dick. And as they're driving back to like meet up with the rest of like the Bat family, uh, the two of them have a bonding moment. And he apologizes to everybody for cutting them out because oh, wow. the guy who's setting the whole thing up knew he would do that and used it against him. So there are instances where like they will call Batman out. He will be wrong for a thing. Um, but, but, but I will also say that like those stories don't happen frequently enough. And you do see that, that, that overpowered Batman way too frequently. So it's tough, man. It's tough, you know, Josh, to find stories that I think will check the boxes that you're seeking because sometimes the best things about him are the things that the writers totally lose track of and his superpower ends up, you know, <laughs> right. That's his superpower. Yeah. I I don't particularly love the, like the DC movies, but I did think it was very cool kind of arc in for Batman in which he not knowing who Superman is in the movies at the time, just sees the amount of destruction that he does when he's fighting Zod. And right. which is something that's very funny. If you watch say like the, any Avengers movie, you're like, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the cure is so much worse than the, and so, but then he, so he makes it like his life goal basically to kill Superman. But then in justice league, I don't know if it's in the, the first cut or this, just the Snyder cup, but he basically is like, all right, I killed this <laughs> or this guy, you know, um, died from doomsday. But it's like, he's the only thing that could, he's the only person that could help us. And we have to try to get him back to life. Like, so I, that kind of See, that, thing of it's, it's interesting because there's, you know, the way that the, it's sort of been addressed there is there's a sort of recklessness. Like my, my favorite introduction between the two characters remains the animated series, the original Batman, the app, not with uh, Kevin Conway. Yeah. With, Is that, with, okay. with Kevin Conroy, because Conroy, so yeah. because yeah, in that episode, Batman follows Joker to Metropolis and starts shaking down some criminals in a strip club and Superman, like, you know, says that's enough. And Batman flips him <laughs> and Superman <laughs> just gives him this look like he's just stunned. Like, why would you do that? Like, you can't possibly beat me. <laughs> yes. Stunned that Batman would do that. So then like, Batman starts to chase the guy and Superman just rams him into the wall, like uses his X-ray vision. And, and he says, I heard you were crazy. I didn't think you were stupid. <laughs> I love it. His X-ray vision figures that it's Bruce. Bruce says you cheated. And then he leaves. And later on that night, Superman is like, he's, he's, he flies back to his apartment starts changing into Clark Kent, picks up the phone because Lois calls. And as he's talking, he notices something on his uniform, on his, on his, on his costume. And it's like shiny and he looks at it and it's a very, very tiny blinking bat. And he looks out the window and sure enough, there's Batman with binoculars. He didn't uh, have to be an asshole. He flipped him so he could plant a tracer on him and figure out. Yeah. Humanity. And that's, you know, that's cool. Yeah. And that's just it. Like it's right because it's he knows Superman's not going to kill him. And he also mm -hmm. that sort of thing is going to take him by surprise. 
but he's not just doing it because he thinks he can be Superman. He's doing it because he has a purpose. So like he plays into the misdirection and his training and, and all that stuff. And then they develop a, a relationship where they don't always agree, but they can work together. And so that's why I say like, I think it really depends on the story you're reading as to, unfortunately, as to what Batman you get, because you gotta, you really gotta sift through a lot of dross before before you find the good stuff. Sometimes, yeah, because that's um, what I've noticed too is even the fans that hype up Batman and they'll like pin him against anybody in their mind. Uh, the you know people that I've had this conversation because if you guys didn't know, not liking Batman is like the most egregious thing that someone could do in this life. Apparently <laughs> I have like, yeah. it's just like, it's insane how much people like can't stand that. I don't like Batman that much, but, and, but the thing is, is they always have that kind of same mindset of anybody that you pin Batman against, you're counting on the, their character of like, Oh no, Superman would never kill Batman. It's like, well, that's not the parameters in which we're talking. We're talking about if they were to face off against each other, like right. Superman would grab each point of his cowl and just rip them in half vertically. <laughs> like, well, um, I think like some of the, like with people who don't, I guess maybe fully understand the character or, or maybe they do, or just choosing to ignore, like the fact that like, when you go to your point that Batman's the smartest or he's the best tactician or, or he's like the, the, I think the underlying thing about, if you really understand the character is, the reason why that he's on the Justice League and respected and feared and and can make these plans and is the detective is because he blocks out his humanity, which is kind of sad. Like because oh. the Justice League knows, like Superman's a good guy, but as Chris said, Batman, if he makes a plan and it's the most logical plan, and it involves like cutting off his friends or making enemies of his friends or or destroying his own humanity, he will do it. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. that's why he is the guy who is going to do it if he makes a plan. Like his and he and he's right and he feels he's right. He is going to follow through with it, and I think that's right. like his real superpower is the fact that he can shut his humanity off, which is kind of scary and it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's um similar to uh, so f- it, the book and the movie are almost identical, but No Country for Old Men with Anton Chigurh. They're like, no, he's a man of principle. Right, like he he follows his principle to the T. It's it's a horrible principle, right. <laughs> but he will, you know, he leaves people's lives to. A coin flip or if he says that he's gonna you know like oh you hired someone else when you sh- when you also hired me like you're gonna pay for that like he he follows through with it like he's got this like weird bizarre principle and i feel like that's uh whereas people of principle say like daredevil will have a literal like gun tape to their hand and still not use it whereas uh, because of his principles but um, Batman's kind of like, no, my principle is whatever I decide it is in the moment. Well, and that's just and, it. Uh, like, it, again, it, like it really, cause, cause you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It, and it, it ends up being a matter of who's writing Batman because there are people who question him. Um, and then there are people who really have a good handle on him. The reason in the, the, in the cartoon, the reason he ends up retiring, we learn in the first episode of Batman beyond is that, He's just, he's gotten old. He's gotten so old. He has this suit that does a bunch of the work for him. Yeah, that was in uh, Kingdom Come. He was wearing that that suit, right? So, well, kind of like weird braces. Just it's different worlds. But um, uh, but 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 the same principle of like, I need the suit to do things for me because I can't do them anymore. But he's, he's trying to rescue this woman who was kidnapped and is going to be killed. And some punks beat him up. And there's mm-hmm. one that's like going to 
kill him, just beat him to death with this crowbar. And there's this great moment in my mind for animation uh, in, and showing uh, expression is there's like a gun near Bruce, near Batman. And he looks at it and he's just, there's this tremendous sadness and he's hmm. on the ground and he picks up the gun and he points it at this guy with the crowbar. Oh, wow. And the guy like, you know, the, and, and the look on Batman's face is like vicious. Like it, he's going to pull that trigger is what it looks like. The mm -hmm. guy drops the crowbar, runs outside. The cops are waiting. And that's the last guy. And like Batman leaves. His breath is extremely shaky. He looks at the gun and he just drops it horrified. And that's it. He doesn't, he needed to pick up his gun to be Batman. Mm -hmm. so he can't be Batman anymore. Yeah. Um, so it's, oh, that's awesome. And yeah. And, and the thing is, there's been a lot of evolution because the character started with a gun. Right. You know, his really? His, oh, yeah. His creation and his, it's also his, his ending. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. So, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's just it. Like, you know, it's funny because at the time that I was talking about Batman being dark and stuff, my dad was like, well, Batman wasn't dark. That's not how he started because my dad grew up with Adam West and he thought that mm -hmm. was the start of Batman. So we yep. all sort of have our cultural touchstones for for Batman and who he is. Um, so I think it's interesting. I want to get into uh, I want to get into Kingdom Come, but I've also been now talking for fifteen minutes. So, <laughs> so the the Batman I read Kingdom Come and I read um, Dark Knight Returns Rise, Returns yeah. Returns Frank Miller right yeah, yeah Frank Miller yep and that one was that was kind of wild too because um, at least in the comic I feel like one of the places I struggle with comics is there doesn't seem to be any stakes so you could be like oh man I can't believe you know, Mysterio died in Guardian Devil. And yeah, I'm sure he's coming back. But um, so it's hard to like feel emotional impact. But he does kill like that was the the most kind of like daredevil feel I had reading Batman, which he's almost the whole beginning of the book is regretting that he hasn't killed Joker. And basically like what what will it take him doing for me to cross that line? Right. And then if I remember correctly, he does cross that line. And I don't know if Joker like stayed dead, but it, that was like a a big deal. But then, then like issue or two later, he's like letting this like 12 year old girl, like put herself in danger and then almost getting mad that she's like doing it incorrectly. Like you are wild, man. Like this is, that's like crazy to me because when you were her age, like you were watching your family die and then you're like putting her out there as she's like the new Robin, I mm -hmm. think. Right. Yes. Yeah. He has a pension for putting children. in. in the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, so, even when I have like, oh, that's a cool moment. Then like two minutes later, I'm just like, oh, geez. The, uh, that's where he fights like this weird mutant too, right? There's like a whole war and he's got like a tank. And it's yeah. just like, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty nuts. But that was the one thing where I was like, oh, he – that was interesting conflict that he had of look at everything that has happened that the Joker has done because I refused to kill him. That was cool. And then Kingdom Come was just I, – I, I liked it on so many levels and – uh Again, I was just like, why is it the, such a big deal when Batman shows up? You have like Superman and Shazam or Captain Marvel or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, here's the the rich mortal guy. He's not he's not really that much different than Lex Luthor. If Lex Luthor had a bat suit, they'd be like the same person. I think it like it kind of goes back to the level of again Batman's. I guess Batman is a good judge of character for he's a good judge of character and people trust batman um he may not have the superpower but he has the the clout and the reputation and so when batman calls upon you i mean there's many stories i mean it was even in the justice league story where batman builds a team 
because he needs something done or something needs to be done. And he's a good selection of people for their skills and talents to take on a particular task. Mm. Um, so that's when Batman shows up on the scene. It kind of means something because um, he, if he's chosen these people, he's chosen them for a reason. Batman doesn't put his faith or time or energy into anyone he doesn't view necessary or worthy. I heard that. <laughs> worthy, worthy of his time, I guess. So, I hear you there. Um, but, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I mean, Joe, what's, what's your thoughts? Uh, no, I think you hit it right. You hit the nail on the head. He's, uh, you know, amongst his many um, uh, credits, the world's greatest escape artist, the world's greatest detective, the, the world's greatest uh, makeup artist, <laughs> the world's greatest tactician. <laughs> also, I mean, um, uh, if you crossed universes, then you'd have to say, well, who's the greatest tactician, Batman or Captain America? That'd be interesting. Oh, but, yeah. and, that's the, and that's the face. That's the showdown that we see when Marvel the, in the Marvel yes. crossover is, is Batman versus Cap. Yeah, I have I have a Batman versus Punisher right in front of me right now, too. That was a I didn't read it, though. Or if I did, I was like way young a lot of that's a a crossover not great i will say though that you might if you can find i don't know if it's on hoopla or not Mm because i haven't read it in years and years and years but there's a crossover you might enjoy not because it's a well-written story but because of moments uh crossover between batman and daredevil oh what yeah it's like again i i don't remember a lot of salient plot points but i remember that like scarecrow is involved and you spear gas on daredevil and you can guess how that goes yeah no that's uh and this coming December, uh, this was just announced at San Diego Con last week, uh, Batman and Spawn will be teaming up once again. Oh, wow. <laughs> one go. shot. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I saw this is kind of off topic, but I remember when I was younger, I don't know if it's a famous comic or not, that like the Punisher was fighting Wolverine. And it's not really like, I guess they're both Marvel, but like he had to like park a steamroller on Wolverine because <laughs> like he can't uh, do anything like uh the well, Punisher has taken on everybody, including Archie Andrews and his gang. I have so, that. I have that comic. I have no idea how I have it. But yeah, yeah he, Archie, was he was everywhere for a while. The Punisher. He was. He was top dog. I, after watching Daredevil season two, I was like, James, hook me up with a good Punisher. And he was like, I don't really read any, but this is supposed to be good. And it was Welcome Back, Frank, or Welcome Home, Frank. And I read it. I was like, No, I think the show did much more for the Punisher than the comics are doing. I don't really like the Punisher. Yeah, Joe. I comics. mean, you might have more experience than I. Get. It was because I don't read the book. The Punisher has never been a character I enjoyed, but I gave him the Garth Ennis Punisher, which is oh. probably, like that's what I thought was the. Yes, I think he did. Yeah epitome of the punisher i, I, I would agree with that yep mm-hmm. it, it just like i think what really threw me was the artwork it did not match the it looked like it almost like mad magazine like the art was good but the style i was like what is the alfred e newman meets uh, the punisher it was very it was very <laughs> weird you not, if you go to riverdale why not <laughs> yeah right very true um so i i have um well, now we're talking about Punisher, but I mean, <laughs> what Punisher is just Daredevil without, I meant a uh, Batman without money, but uh, the, I have um, one where it's like Punisher, Daredevil and Nomad. Is that a, his name? Nomad? But that's, um, was uh, that, well, Joe, was Nomad Steve Rogers? Nomad was not Steve Rogers, Yes, right? there, there, there was a, there was a, um, a Punisher Captain America uh, but they used to call him back in the day before they called him graphic novels, bookshelf team up. And and I think, I don't know if he was Cap or if he was Nomad in that. But, oh, wait, Nomad's Captain America? Uh, well, there, there, there is a version of the character called Nomad that was Captain America after the original Secret War when Cap found out that Richard Nixon was behind the Secret Empire. I should say Secret Whoa. Empire. And uh, he lost his faith in, in the United States government and he gave up being Captain America. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, in uh, Born Again, Cap's in that, right? And he, uh, they try to get him to, they try to exploit his patriotism. Mm-hmm. And then he says, he's, he punches the guy and he goes, I'm only loyal to the dream. And I like that. Yes. <laughs> but now, yeah, now see what happens when Daredevil enters the conversation. So, but Batman, <laughs> Batman. Well, well, Chris, I think you were going to expand a little bit more on, on Kingdom Come since we brought it up. Oh, yes. yes. No, I mean, I just, it's it's funny because I think, um, I think Kingdom Come is the the greatest example of what Bruce does well in the in the instances where you're dealing with superheroes and the Justice League, which is he's very good at manipulating tools, mm. and so that's why it's such a big deal to have him come down on that side and show up is because he's he he carries around a lot of clout for being a a, a man who can stride with titans, right? Which is what mm-hmm. Specter says about um, Norman, right? He says, you know, yeah. you, you've strode with giants and you have to keep up. <laughs> but the, Specter's awesome, by the way. I need to read more about. Oh, there's him. a lot of good. There's He's a lot yeah. of good Specter stuff, and I'm sure James remembers that because for a while there, Specter was one of James's favorites, if I if I recall correctly. Oh yeah, I mean the stuff is great. I mean, actually, Joe gave me let me read the stuff that unfortunately is still out of print, but the original Specter run was was great. Oh yeah, but you know the thing about about Batman is that he is such a good tactician that he knows how to deploy other assets. And I think that's writers often forget that's actually his value in the justice league. Yes. His value is being able to deploy other people's powers in way they've not necessarily even considered. And I know that's happened a couple of times. I think the one I remember best is flash because there were times where Batman could basically say, well, you can do this. Can you do that? And he's like, I don't know. I've, I've never tried. And it uh. works. You know, and then he has these these other moments because he's always analyzing. So even though I, I wasn't a big fan of the, the new 52 or anything, when Green Lantern first meets Batman and is kind of mouthing off and stuff, at some point, Batman holds up the, the ring and goes, huh, how does this work? And Green Lantern's <laughs> uniform disappears and he goes, how did you get that? Because it was on his finger. <laughs> he's like, you, you need to concentrate better. Yeah. It's stuff like that that it's like, no, he does it well. And they I think they cover it best in new 52, actually. When Green Lantern goes, do you have like the powers of a bat? He goes, no. Are you a vampire? No. He's like, are you a guy dressed as a bat? Are you (laughs) me? And it's and it's a it's a funny moment because that's exactly what he is, right? He's yeah, he's a guy dressed as a bat. So I think that where the writers hit the mark is when they they approach him as a detective and as a tactician, and he's Mm. good at deploying assets. So the reason he works so well for me in Kingdom Come is because he also. He also plays on everybody's fear of him. Like he uses the legend of himself to bully his way into this boardroom with Lex Luthor to be. Yeah. And that's where he finds out that um, Captain Marvel is there, right? right? Like no one knows that it's him. Right. Nobody knows that's Billy Batson. And then, and then we see he, he does, he screws up, right? Because he loses Billy. Like yeah. he, mis- he miscalculates. And so Captain Marvel ends up loose on the battlefield anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but still kind of corrupted from. Right. Lex Luthor, right? With that weird earworm. It's not. And and this is the other thing that I think is extraordinary about, because I really like Mark Waid as a writer. But the thing that's really extraordinary is no matter how right Batman is throughout this, and this is just my opinion, so I'm, I'm open to people disagreeing. No matter how much Batman, is, how frequently Batman is right throughout this and how frequently Superman is wrong, it's ultimately it's not Bruce who turns who turns Billy. Yeah, Clark, it's uh, right? Superman. It's Clark who Clark. tells him that he's the one who needs to decide the fate of the world. 
and he does. So it's Superman who gets through to him in the end. And but but he thinks that he doesn't, right? Like right. Superman misunderstands. Yes, he does. He misunderstands. Yeah. And it's one of those situations where, like, you know, again, this was this is Batman sort of overestimating his own abilities and and reading the situation wrong, despite how good he is, despite how smart he is. Um, he misreads the situation and yes, his involvement is important, but he's not actually the one that saves the day. It's actually Superman yeah. in the very end. Because well, Superman and then is, is it, Marvel. it's Batman that stops him when he was, was he going to like uh, crush everyone in the UN or something like that? No, right? Similar? no oh, Norman. Nor, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Batman. Oh yeah. Spectre like, like brings him there, right? Right. He says, take me there. You know, what's going to happen. Superman's mm-hmm. going to rampage. Like you have to bring me there. And if so, if I, it's interesting because when I was younger, I was one of those, unfortunately, one of those Batman fans. That, like, if you said he's not a real hero, it would piss me off, and then I'd argue, <laughs> being like, Ugh, "All right, I disagree, but whatever. Like, I'll talk to you about it." But I, disagree. <laughs> but you're right. I think you know if you so if you go back now and and read through Kingdom Come, when you look at the impact Batman had on the story, it's actually not as much as it mm. seems to be. Because it still resolves in a similar fashion. So it's interesting. He has a part to play, but it's not as big as the story sort of starts to show us. It's Norman and Superman who bring, you know, bring this all, uh, bring the plane in for a landing. So I think. And then because also the whole thing kind of happens besides, you know, Lex Luthor doing his thing is that like Superman puts too much faith in people. Right. So he thought that he could like re um rehabilitate them in that prison of I, all superheroes in the right in the blog, my, I don't think he actually believed he was rehabilitating them because uh, he's like lying to himself I, almost I think so I think he was putting them in prison and said we're not going to keep them there permanently this is how we this is how we fix things but he was mm. just doing it through force which has never really been superman's way at his best one of my no. I really like there's a cool issue um and it wasn't it wasn't during a brilliant time of superman but if I'm not mistaken, it was like 2001, close to 2002. And there's a great issue of Superman. I believe it was Action Comics, wherein it's each page was actually split into four panels because it was the story of Superman fighting four different villains. <laughs> he's trying to like connect with them and he's trying to explain you don't have to do this like there's still time to and none of these villains are actually a threat to him they're a threat to people around him so he can take the time to like talk with them and the very one of the very last panels is three of the villains walking away but the last one um i think his name is major uh, major disaster sort of falls to his knees because he he starts to feel what he's done and it's Superman who like brings him into the fold and he becomes a temporary member of the Justice League. Like that's oh, wow. Superman at his best. Yeah, because well, at the start of Kingdom Come, Superman is like he's like Luke Skywalker, last Jedi broken, right? Yeah. He's just um yeah. so he's like living in like a weird simulation of where is he from? Kansas? Yeah. yeah. And so like yeah, so that kind of explains, I guess, why he was going against his normal thing and yeah. just using power to imprison. Cause he's just kind of like, screw this man. Like right. I, I've tried it for so long. And, and then it was, it was really interesting because it was all these super flashy, very violent superheroes that were coming and they were like killing bad guys. And then society loved that. And they, so it was like Superman and Batman were kind of like, outmatched and, they were obsolete yeah it's you know because they didn't kill people and you're just like wow this is 
like very self-aware like that of comic book writers to write about all the destruction that happens in comic books and mm-hmm. finally make them uh accountable it was very interesting i i mean i think at the end of the day you know you're you're spot on josh about about the worst thing about batman being the fans and it's not all the yeah. fans, but there are a lot of us who, for for varying reasons, right? When I was younger, it was just I. It was just sort of like being a being a fanatic that I was just for some reason it was important that this be right that 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 this was something about which I I needed to be heard. There are a lot of people I think that have different reasons for latching on to why they need Batman to be one way or another. And so vehemently that they they turn other people off, right? It's sort of like enthusiasm gone wrong. Yeah, I mean, when I was, I'm, I'm saying younger, but I'm talking about maybe it's within the last 15 years, which I would be younger, but it's not like I was a kid. Yeah. But I was, uh, as people probably might uh, have pieced together from uh, Trash Compactor, like I get very excited when I talk about anything biblically based because I've studied that for so long. And I used to be very much like that, very like, overzealous with my enthusiasm where I'm not trying to argue. I'm not, but just coming out that way. And then I had a friend say, he was like, Josh, you're like somebody that sees a beautiful flower and you're so excited to show people that you pluck the flower up from the ground to show people. And in doing so you end up killing it. And that, that like rocked my world. And it was like one of those things in which someone, a friend calls you out and it, it was you could sense like the loving nature in which they do it, even though it was a bit aggressive and it like hit me and I was like, Holy shit. I totally do that. And it was like eye opener. So like, I understand the, how enthusiasm can take you over like that. And I wish I didn't take it out on Batman that the fans like annoy me so much, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's hard not to. Right. That's just it. It's like, and, and it's not like you can take it out on the fans and not like you want to, it's not like you want to take it out on anybody, but when you have, when you have people who push a thing, the reason it took me so long to get around to reading Harry Potter, the reason it got, took me so long to get around to watching Avatar, the last airbender is because people kept talking about how amazing it is Mm -hmm. kind of hyperbolic context really turns me off because there's almost no way I'm not going to be disappointed at that point. So when it comes to yeah. somebody like Batman, you know, who everybody knows and everybody sort of has their own, like you said, you weren't like Batman comics guy, but like, you know who Batman is and you have context for him. So there is a Batman that you know, because there's a Batman that everybody in our society knows. Uh, Batman, I think they they did this a while back and they had checked to see like, who is the worldwide, who is the best known superhero and it's Batman. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's one of those situations where I think everybody has their own knowledge of who Batman is. So, you know, when it when when some of us enthusiasts, fans, fanatics when <laughs> decide that the Batman you need to know is the Batman, you need to know the Batman that I know. This is where we actually start. And, and I think this will resonate with with all with all three of you. Um, especially with you, Josh, based on previous conversations that we've had, it really, I think, verges on the notion of attacking a belief. Mm. And so our instinct is to become not necessarily defensive of our own beliefs, but defensive in the face of that kind of attack, because we all have an idea of who Batman is. And so if your idea of Batman, I decide, Josh, no, you're wrong about Batman. Here's how you have to view him kind of thing. It's sort of like an attack on belief, 
and and we've seen what the data says on that, right? That it's it's hard mm-hmm. for us to let go of beliefs, and we tend to get defensive whether we mean to or not. And so I think that's where where fans make the and and this is discounting uh, the really toxic fans, the really just shitty people, right? Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, one thing. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, 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 no. It's fine. Oh. Um, it's just that that was sort of the end of my thought. Is I think. Batman is so well known that people already have, whether they realize it or not, they already have opinions on Batman, and we don't necessarily realize no how deeply they run. Very, very true. And it's like childhood gets it involved in that. And I think one thing that's very, it's like super obvious, but I don't know why it's just eye opening to me now. Uh, I, I run uh, <laughs> with one foot off the merry go round sometimes, but the um, don't we all? <laughs> so uh, a lot of the really interesting, cool points that you guys have made uh, being comic book fans are from the comics or uh, the animated series, which is has a lot longer to tell a story. Yeah. Whereas I get very turned off by the movies in which it does have to play a lot into fan service. But uh, we see it with Marvel movies, too, that they they get the wrong like things from comics that they want to show. Like, you know, there's every Marvel movie now I think is, you know, just about three hours. I think it's decided first before they even have a story. And then more than half of it is just nonstop action. But in a comic book action takes place over like three panels. You know, it's not like a, I mean, something like kingdom come is almost mostly a, a, a battle, but for the most part, like action is very sparse in comic books because it's just drawn in a, in a few cells. So everything else is character development, you know? So, um, internal dialogue, which you don't get in movies. Yeah, exactly. And if you did, it would be very cheesy, you know, um, the monologue. Thank you, James. Yeah. Yeah. The monologue. I mean, I would say that voiceovers and things like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, your mileage may vary on the Batman movie that, I mean, the new Batman just came out, but I think the thing that Batman had a monologue in that movie, which was, because he never had a monologue in any of the other yeah, Batman movies. No. So, and that's part of Batman in the comic books. That's what you get. You get his monologue. His thinking his, is, you get his analysis. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's that's like very important because if he is always portrayed as right, whichever, like if we see how he gets there, rather than like a smug I told you so in like a moment, we kind of see how he's detecting. And, and right. in the new Batman movie, he's – I'm not going to say he's wrong, but he doesn't stop a single crime from happening, right? Like he's a, uh, he very much shows up after the fact and he's piecing clues together, which is very interesting take on it. I, I did, I was telling my wife when we watched the Batman movie, I did say that um, it made me really happy for like true Batman fans to have this movie in which I feel like it's a movie that was like long, a long time coming and is like almost Kind of like if you were, you know, if you like a, a lousy sports team and they're finally having like a winning run. And I know that sounds silly because Dark Knight is massive, but it just didn't have the Batman that was in the most recent one. And it's just uh, with a, an arc and stuff. So I was like, I was like really stoked for um, Batman fans to have that as a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think also to the to what Chris was saying, Batman and interpretations of it, it's also the fact, and Joe, you can speak to this probably better than I can, DC went with Batman. Batman had like seven titles out at one time, and he <laughs> guest starred in every book. And mm-hmm. if, and yep. it's, it's it, and so the, the mis, you know, um, the inconsistency in the writing is just because there was too much Batman. 
Like yes. they yeah. they rode Batman into the ground. I mean, Wolverine is Marvel's you know, <laughs> ride in the yeah. ground. Yeah. And Batman that'll be is, another episode of me not liking somebody. Yeah, and Batman, based off of fans. Yeah, and Batman is a uh, DC's guy to ride in the ground. Like if book if a book is failing or a character needs to be introduced, your guy to go to is Batman. Presently, yeah. presently with new comics, it's DC prints. Let's say DC puts out sixty comic books in September. Fifty percent of those books will be Batman or Batman family-related characters. They're hmm. throwing all their eggs in one basket, and um, they're starting to see diminishing returns because of this. Even, even, the, even, even some Batman books aren't selling as well as they used to because they are just, they're just riding this thing right into the ground. And when I was a boy back in the day, Superman had all the comic books. You know, hmm. Superman, Action, Superboy, Adventure Comics, Star Superman, Legion of Superheroes, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, World's Finest, which features Superman and Batman. Then Superman appeared in the Justice League. So back in the 50s and 60s, Superman was king. But in the last, you know, since I'd say since 1989, uh, because in, in, in the 70s and even early 80s, DC was on the verge of canceling Batman a number of times. It just wasn't selling. Oh, I think wow. what really sell, saved Batman was, was the, the Michael Keaton movie, the Batman movie. Tim Burton, yeah. I mean, that was Tim, a cultural phenomenon. So Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. They just took, they took, the, took that and kept running. Yeah, they, and they've been running it for 30 plus years now. But I think they're, they're running out of ideas and they're watering down the product. So I'm hoping yeah. that they will pull the reins in a bit and, and, and start, you know, uh, looking at other characters. Yeah, they're, they're playing them kind of like a, you know, a one trick pony. And then yeah. like, and this is again, of course, going back to, to Daredevil always, but like, um, or even Swamp Thing, like it was like exciting saying Swamp Thing where the Justice League showed up and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, that's cool. Like it like makes a little bit of excitement that it's not just them the whole time and reading Daredevil, all of a sudden he'll have great scenes with uh, Spider-Man or Doctor Strange, but it's not like the whole thing. And so it's like, it gives new life. Like I'm not particularly a huge fan of of dr strange that that's more just because i don't know anything about him aside from the movie there there's no uh, backstory of me not liking him i just don't really know him but then i was like excited to see him in um guardian devil i was like oh this is crazy this is awesome and then he's then he's gone just as fast as he's there but that made me more excited than if i was to read 50 percent of all comics coming out or Doctor Strange or something like that, yeah. then I'm not going to be excited. It's give me a little bit. That's it's like you want to say that to Marvel and you want to say it to Star Wars. It's like you you could leave us wanting more. That's totally fine. Like DC, you could leave us wanting more. Like that's how you get us to return. You know, if we're uh, if you let us gorge ourselves on all this stuff, then we're going to get too full and we're going to lose our taste for it. It's like the classic, and James can speak to this. The classic monster movies. The uh, of uh, decades past, where you know, don't show, or even, or even a movie like Jaws, don't show the monster. Yes, yep. show it the least amount of time, and 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 build the, the suspense that way. When you keep showing the monster, it becomes laughable, and it becomes too, it becomes too familiar, and it loses its power. Yep. And that's what we we like, even uh, say, because Jaws is. Jaws is like my favorite movie of all time. That and wow. uh, Silence of the Lambs. It usually depends on who I'm talking to. If someone is going to be weirded out that I said Silence of the Lambs is my favorite movie, then I'll say Jaws because it's safer. But like, even <laughs> <laughs> but even that, Hannibal Lecter is in the movie for maybe, I don't know, like 15 minutes or something yeah. like that. But he's such a, a memorable character because you don't really see him that much. He's always like contained. And then even when he, once he like breaks free, then he's out of the movie. It's just, um, 
And so it just like always, yeah, leave, leave us wanting more. It's totally, it's totally fine. Batman so, needs to return, excuse me, Bat, I'm sorry, Batman needs to return to the shadows in my, in my Yes. Opinion. And they tried to do that with the new movie. I was really like, like that aspect of how scared they were of the shadows, yeah. you know, because they didn't know what shadow he would be mm-hmm. in. The only flaw that I saw with that is they put the bat signal in, in the sky and then people would be scared but it's like why wouldn't you just have the bat signal in the sky all the time then and so people would always be scared <laughs> from... <a> good point <laughs> i mean batman also might be better served literally going back into the shadows with the amount of exposure he has in comic books but um, exactly. yeah. um I, so i i do agree that some of it is that batman needs to sort of return to the shadows but the one other thing that i'll say and we've sort of been tiptoeing around it but i think it's really really important and it's funny because i'm actually this is where i'm going to sort of use uh, an argument that joe made for Superman now 20 years ago. Oh, going back to that. Okay. Going back to that. <laughs> um, what we really need and why I think Batman so frequently hasn't worked on a lot of his outings recently, not, not necessarily in comics, but, but in film and all that stuff is that what part of what makes Batman so great is the people who surround him. And so yeah. what we get from the comics, some of them anyway, and what we get from the cartoons is we get the Bat family, which is huge. It's a huge family. I love one of my favorite movies is still, still, still Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, yeah. um, I hear that's great. I need to oh, watch it. The only Batman animated flick that was released in theaters. And it is, there's some parts of it that don't make any sense because it's, it's animated Batman. So there's some stuff that's goofy, but like, at the very end, when Batman is lamenting the fact that he couldn't save someone, this is when Alfred finally says, you know, vengeance darkens the soul, Bruce, and has like a mm-hmm. conversation with him about how he always worries that, you know, Bruce walks up to the edge of that precipice every night and he thanks God that Bruce hasn't fallen in. But it's the first time we hear him call him Bruce. Mm-hmm. And he does oh. it so infrequently, but Alfred is such a source of of support. But then this is also why Robin gets introduced is because Robin also, he brightens things. He he keeps Bruce human. It's funny because the reason that it, a lot of um, a lot of characters who know who Superman is, what his secret identity is, they call him Cal. Like Diana, Diana calls him Cal. Yep. John Jones also calls him Cal. But Bruce calls him Clark. And yes, I did notice that in uh, Kingdom mm-hmm. Come. And he calls him Clark to remind him of his humanity. Okay, so... It's funny because Bruce, as James, so so you put it so doesn't have like it turns off his humanity. Turns off his humanity. He needs other characters around him to get him back in tune with it. So like Dick Grayson, these these kid sidekicks, they're the ones who do it. So I think Batman is better served not just operating the shadows, but also operating with his family because that's what reminds him to stay grounded. And we see it in some of the stories that I mentioned are the ones where it's like he is grounded by Alfred or by Robin or, you know, any various number of Robins or, you know, even by Superman. Sometimes he needs Superman to sort of ground him too. Um, this, the mask of the phantasm, is that a standalone thing? Could I just watch that or do I need like a, you could totally just watch it. Um, like I said, some of it's kind of good, but it's a gangster flick. It's a gangster movie. It's got great voice talent and it's, you know, it, this to me is the, the crux of Batman. It's it's more of the Batman that we should be seeing in other stories, but 
but we don't. And it's one of the reasons why I don't consume a lot of new Batman material is because I'm kind of like, you know, as Joe and James were, well, all three of you, as you were saying, there's been so much Batman everywhere that like, I'm good. I kind of have the Batman <laughs> that like, that I need. That said, you know, briefly, um, I will say that James, uh, a couple of episodes ago, you had suggested for one of our, for one of our reading suggestions, um, you had suggested Nightwing Fear State. And, All right, yeah. And I, I did go and I, I read it, and I felt the same way you did. I'm like, yeah, there's some stuff in there I like. There's some stuff I don't like. But what I do like about it is that Batman shows up. He comes co- close to playing, paying compliments to a couple of people, and he doesn't dominate the book. But you see him appreciate the people around him. You see a more human side of him, even if it's not like mm. necessarily a caring or loving side. So I think that's what we need. We need a Batman who is back in the shadows, but we also need a Batman who is surrounded by people who who care about what happens to him and help keep him grounded. Yeah, the the movies now they all they care about because of Heath Ledger. Like, oh, we need all the all the villains, all the villains, all the villains. But and and it's like that's I guess it just all kind of always feels the same too. You know, like when people are like, mm-hmm. oh, they're making you know, another Joker movie. Like, of course they are. Like, because why wouldn't they? You know, they're making another Robert Pattinson Batman. It's like, of course they are. Because that's all they do now. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, like I I didn't believe for one second that there was going to be one singular new Batman. But it's just, yeah, it's everything. It's the, the oversaturation and stuff like that. But maybe with this new Batman, they will send him back into the shadows. Maybe they will continue to bring in other characters. Because... Michael Caine was, I thought, in the first two um, Christopher Nolan Batmans, the strongest part of it. I didn't buy in the third one when he was just like, you know what? I can't stand that you do this to yourself. It's like, weren't you the one that was telling him to lift logs off of himself, like, to, so he could keep fighting? <laughs> I hate it. I hate and, the entire yeah. third movie. So I'm, so I'm okay. Yeah, I that's um, the third movie. And so it, that's, but he, it, they did kind of lose sight of even that like yeah, in the first two movies like alfred was a tremendous like the only thing keeping bruce and you know slash batman on the right course and not giving up and then you know uh, was it it was jeremy irons right in um the new batman or yeah. is it uh, no, no, oh no andy, andy circus right andy andy circus, circus, yeah. and then i i remember he was pretty good in that in that movie for uh for that same thing of giving some family back to to, to Bruce to help spread out the load rather than just being, no, Batman could do everything by himself. He's the greatest thing in the world. and uh, Right, right. Yeah. And we get to see some of the mistakes that Alfred made too. It's one of my one of my favorite bits of um, Dark Victory is sort of a side-by-side panel when um, after Dick's family dies and, um, and he's taken in as an orphan and uh, he wanders into uh, Bruce's parents' bedroom and there's a side-by-side panel of how Alfred approached Bruce doing the same thing when his parents died versus how he approached Dick. And when the very end of the, that sort of exchange comes, uh, Bruce says, I'm, I'm alone now, Alfred. And he leaves the room and Alfred says nothing. And, you know, very, you know, side by side was a panel with Dick saying, I'm all alone now, Mr. Pennyworth. And Alfred says, I can only tell you something that I wish I had told another little boy. And that is that you will never be alone kind of thing. And so, Again, you know, I think it's I think it's an opportunity, uh, and this is something that comics generally does better because of, because of the medium. Um, but you also need the history of the character. Is it sort of addresses also? Don't just surround him with the supportive characters, but make sure they're three dimensional, and make sure we've got a, a better understanding of of who they are, so that contextually they fit into the story and into 
the character story as as more than just plot devices. No, yeah, because the um showing the flaws of characters is what it's not like a weakness. It's actually what gives them like a reach to the audience and makes them stand out. You're like one of the reasons why I'm not a huge Batman fan is because all the Batman I've consumed with the exception of Kingdom Come and some aspects of um Dark Knight Returns, Batman's just always correct and he's sure. never wrong. There's no flaw. But to to see him mess up or to doubt himself or to feel alone you know, that's why, again, like I love Daredevil. That's why I've been, I love um, Swamp Thing. They're like, they're like learning, they're yeah, failing, totally. they're questioning themselves. And you're just like, that, that means more to me that of course, like, yeah, it's, there's aspects of like Luke Skywalker before Last Jedi when you're, when he's just that kind of, or like a uh, Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks, where he's just like that eternal cowboy, nonstop optimism. And you're just like, okay, like that does feel good. I need, I need some balance of that and not just my, my super depressed characters. But yeah, when yeah. it gets, when it gets to a point that when you're just like, no, I would probably learn more about from Batman if he struggled the same way I struggle, yeah. you know, it's like not, uh, nothing, but like, that's the other thing about mask of the phantasm is the first time he goes out, he almost gets himself killed. Mm. Yeah, that's all. Okay. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah, this Which is, is also worth going back to. And I, uh, James, correct me if this is on. I can't remember if this is on Hoopla or not. But going back to read Batman Year One because he screwed oh, yeah. up a bunch in Year One too. Uh, was was, was that movie. also a show or no? They made a well, they, they did, made a movie out of. They did a two part the Batman. Uh, no, was it was it two part? I don't know. I that one. was no. It was one. one uh, the two yeah. part one they did was Long Halloween. Long Halloween and another and the Dark Knight Returns actually was yes. Dark Knight, yeah. Right, right. yeah. Um, but is, yeah, uh, your your one is uh, you'll you'll see a lot of influences of your one in Batman Begins. Okay, so the animated like Kevin Conroy series that's a good series to. Oh, to, that's uh, right. So it's to, I'm I'm glad you asked that question, and the reason <laughs> I say yes, and then I'm going to hand it back over to James and Joe to sort of share their opinions too. But it's funny because, you know, I hadn't talked to, to Josh and Bernhardt in quite some time. And we were just catching up. And at some point he said that, like, Batman Begins is the very first thing he's ever watched with Batman that made him want to be Batman, despite not being a child anymore. And then he started mm. watching Batman the Animated Series. And he's like, this is so good. How did I not know this was this good? And Josh <laughs> is not a Batman fan. Oh, so. Hey, that then I'm excited because it's a. I had no opinion either way against like Daredevil, but it was when James was like, "Oh, read Guardian Devil," and um, and that came about because I in my talks that I do for uh, the Revolution Church, I'm always talking about like uh, you know being depressed out of my mind most of the time and um, and all stuff like that, and so mixing frankly, depression. I, sorry, just really quickly, which frankly I really appreciate because oh, it's, um, well, because it's, it's sharing an experience that that is still very stigmatized so i just wanted to say that i i've noticed you you've done it on trash compactor and you've mentioned some of it tonight uh for for this episode yeah i wanted to thank you for for sharing that oh yeah that's not i i mean sometimes i worry about being an, an over sharer with that stuff but it's like i don't ever tend to go into too much detail it's just always to take the stigma out of it but you know that's where uh james was like oh i you know hearing what you've said about religious stuff and depression stuff like here's um daredevil and that's why i could like i relate to it so much so i didn't have an opinion on daredevil i kind of only knew him from the ben affleck movie which is terrible by the way and <laughs> um and the show which i didn't even watch at that point 
Uh, it was something similar to what we said earlier when everybody's like, oh, you got to watch Daredevil. And too many people said it. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not watching it now. Sure. Uh, it's a flaw that I have in myself that I can't stand. Not but, <laughs> and um, but now having read Guardian Devil and read Born Again, I read a bunch of the Frank Miller stuff, including uh, crossovers when he was in. Peter Parker and the amazing Spider-Man and um, really cool stuff. So having that same experience with something that like Batman, that will like make me excited and be like, Oh, this is what people, okay, I get it now. I understand why people like Batman. And I, I am definitely learning that from, from this conversation because it's aspects of Batman I have not encountered. Um, so it's, it's good to see the, the human in behind, <laughs> behind the, the bat. I mean, the, the the Batman the animated series in my mind that's my definitive Batman. Yes. Oh like, wow! Okay. Yes, like, many people can same here. You know, per- personality wise, the character's depiction, the scale of his power, um, what he can do. That's that's in my yeah, like, yeah, like for many people, but including myself, that that is the definitive Batman. There's um. Did you ever see the documentary? I know that voice. You ever see that? I have not seen. I have uh, heard of it though. I, I've been wanting to watch it, but I, I have I have heard of it though. So it's all it's voice actors, and some of it's really funny. You know, they have uh, all different voice actors read like Shakespeare or something like that in their voice because they're saying that anybody could do an impression, but to be able to do an entire monologue or something in that voice yeah. is what makes a voice actor. But uh, they have Kevin Conroy on there, and he tells this really great story about when he after 9-11 i think he was just went to like a uh, soup kitchen or something like that just to help first responders and then somebody caught like his voice and basically was like i know that voice and then he kind of like became batman for like these first responders and stuff like that and yeah it's it's a real it's and it's a it's a quick story that he tells but it i mean i got like chills right now just thinking about like these people in like the worst time of their life and then there's literally batman that that they relate to the most because this is going to be before this is going to be batman's kind of almost like dead at this point right because you had val kilmer you had george clooney you didn't get the real uh resurgence of batman and so that was people's definitive batman and then he was able to use that what batman represents to these people and to help lift them up it's a really it's really cool i'll have to check that out yeah i've been mean to i mean kevin conroy's i mean that's the voice of batman when i read batman Okay. He's also yeah. the only, as far as I know, he's really the only actor who figured out how, you know, Batman is Batman is the person, Bruce Wayne is the mask, and he's right. the only oh. one who brought that to his voice. So instead of doing what so many other <laughs> it's it's done and it's done perfectly in the very, yeah. very first episode called On Leather Wings. Because they don't do a Batman origin story in the animated series. Everybody knows. Oh, thank movie. God, yeah. <laughs> Jump in he is Batman. If I have to see the the Waynes or um, Ben Parker die one more time, I'm gonna yeah, jump no, out a window. Don't to, you don't have to in this. <laughs> um, but there's a great instance of he's on the phone. He's in the cave. He's talking to Alfred as Batman, and his voice is like his voice lives right around here. Like it's not too too. Yeah, but it's a little deeper than you would expect. And then he gets on the phone as Bruce. So he goes from talking like this to, "Hey, Doc, what's up?" And he like oh. his, he brings his voice like it's it's a higher pitch. He finds a higher register, and so he says, "You know, thanks for the call, Doc. Appreciate you." There's no way that this is a. And then he brings it right back. Oh, and so cool, yeah. Up in pitch instead of Bruce Wayne being like 
baseline and Batman being yeah. oh I'm not wearing hockey pads. Right. Where is she? <laughs> Where's yeah. Rachel? Where is she? Exactly. I, I, I love the Nolan movies, but I did not like the Batman voice. Yeah, no. Yeah. What I what I didn't understand is because it sounded so cheesy, why wouldn't you just do it digitally and just have like yeah. Lucius Fox make a Oh, wear this in your thing yeah, and it disguises. Yeah, and then you don't have to have him being like, "No, I'm not Bruce. I'm I'm Cookie Monster." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I um is the only one who gets it. He is the one who like nailed that voice, and Batman sounds human. But also, you can understand why people don't make the connection between Bruce's voice. And Batman's voice. And there's also, a, there are all these delightful moments in the series. And one of my favorites is still Harley Quinn is out. She's out on parole and she's out shopping. She runs into Bruce Wayne. She holds her hand up and goes, I know that chin. And Bruce like backs <laughs> away and she goes, you're Bruce Wayne. It's like, <laughs> it's delightful. Yeah. That, that, also, uh, that is where Harley Quinn was invented was Batman. I was just going to say, yeah. right? Yeah. Now she has her own HBO Max show, which is supposed to be like super filthy. It's crazy. The show's crazy. Yeah, I watched one episode and it was. I said, "This is not for me." Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny, I, but it's crazy. I I do. So there are certain aspects of the the Nolan movies. I just want to clarify that I really really like. It just overall, I don't know if it's just been like too played out or anything. But like almost everything Alfred says in the first two movies is like you could like almost live your life by them in real life, not just Batman life. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the the last movie, uh, you know, the idea of no, you're you're the reason why you're failing in climbing out of this pit is because you know it is safe for you to fail. And if you remove that safety, you'll push yourself to a limit that you didn't know exists. So I, I know I talk a lot of <laughs> trash both about Batman and Christopher Nolan movies, but that I don't, I do. There are things that I genuinely, genuinely like about it and like sure. stick with me. I, and to this day, if I see someone that's just causing trouble, <laughs> usually a politician, I'll be like, some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. That's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. just, <laughs> just it, like, I think this is true of most comic book characters. And I'm, I'm glad that you have found characters that you have really been able to enjoy in Daredevil and Swamp Thing and the things mm-hmm. that you've been reading have been, have been so solid. The problem with characters, and I'm, and at some point, there's enough Daredevil you'll find some you don't like, but. <laughs> Yeah, um, but there's so much Batman that it, it, again it can be really really hard to to sift through it. And at the end of the day, too, to hell with the people who say you're wrong for not liking or appreciating <laughs> because it's a character. And if you don't connect with it, you know, I, one of the reasons that I that I like Batman is because I connected with him and because he is to me he was a developmental like personally developmental touchstone. And even though I don't live that particular those particular values anymore the way i used to some of them are still here they still inform the choices i make and the things i do so like you know i think it's just it's just even though batman is a cultural touchstone he's still just a character and for people who don't like him it's like the things you're describing 100 percent valid and i couldn't <laughs> disagree with you on them the way that you've described them because he's been written that way there are crappy fans some of that those stories just get really, really boring. So I hear you. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a real credit to to you guys and to your uh, podcast because this is no no hyperbole, no anything. This is like the most coherent, calm conversation I've had about not liking Batman because it turns it's like absurd where it's like almost like a 
you don't want to say like, you're like, no, 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 don't, don't let anyone know. I don't like Batman because it turns into a thing. So having a nice discussion about it in which I'm able to learn, it's uh it's huge. It, it's it's no, great. No, so thank you. We're glad because it, it helps yeah. that we're not chasing just pitchforks and, and no, it's, Joe. I feel very comfortable. You obviously haven't heard our uh, sports podcast, though. You wouldn't use the word coherent to describe those. <laughs> so I thought I'd say that. Yeah. I, I only know the San Francisco Giants, so that's well, my, my so team, Bob. Say two words on a sports cast in front of me. Irving <laughs> Irving, and I will go off Kef Cox. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't want you to start now, Joe, because then we have to apologize again. That's, yeah, right. that's yeah, <laughs> the, the entire borough of Brooklyn. Um, Josh, real quick. Uh, yep. Obviously, you like you like you you you're getting to appreciate the Batman. I like to call mm-hmm. him the Batman, as he was called back in the Bronze Age. <laughs> and you like Swamp Thing, and uh, you have a, a deep affinity for uh, Daredevil. I would suggest yep. that you seek out the Brubaker run on Daredevil, and okay. also the Bendis run where Daredevil's in jail for an entire year. Oh yeah, Whoa. yeah, that's yeah. some pretty good stuff. And Dar- but, I I want to pile on really quickly with okay. um with uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sales Daredevil Yellow. Oh yes. Daredevil. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. I'm very, um, but I, very excited. I want to ask you about two other very famous superheroes. You said uh, it's it's it may be arguable that arguable that Batman is the, is the most recognizable superhero mm-hmm. in the world. There's two other ones that might take that spot, and that would be Spider Man and Superman. What do you think of those two? Well, I very, very, very much like Spider-Man because he was so again friend of uh, the Trash Compactor. Uh, podcast john he we would always joke that he was like peter parker because he especially growing up had notoriously had the worst luck ever and that's what we always attributed to peter peter parker it's just like you know peter parker's was obviously a lot worse but it was just like out of all our friends it's like john you have like peter parker luck this is like insane (laughs) but i do love that and i actually i get a little bit the way i complain about fans with batman about spider-man because spider-man people forget uh, some of the movies are showing it now more but like he has super strength he's not Mm -hmm. just super agile with spidey sense or or whatever but he also is just like i'm a sucker for someone that tries to do the right thing and it always blows up in their face because that's the way i feel life is for the most part is just so like you know he tries to save you know his, his poor girlfriend and ends up in saving her ends up killing her and um mm. which leads to a in guardian devil him and uh daredevil have a really good heart to heart about losing right. um that it's so i yeah, really yeah. do like spider-man a lot i think these days the fans are driving me <laughs> a little crazy with him with little things like they'll say like in oh in uh infinity war the reason why he was struggling at the end when he was disappearing is because his spider senses. So he felt it more. It's like, no, the writers just wanted the audience to cry. So they milked that scene. It has nothing to do with his spider senses, uh, giving him more <laughs> sensitivity about disappearing. So like they are driving me crazy. Superman, however, is a complete mystery to me because wow. I, like I said, I read in swamp thing with, a. Uh, Alan Moore's writing that he could literally count the air molecules on all of Earth. And so I was like, wow, that's like God level stuff. But then to learn that he didn't always fly, but then in Kingdom Come, he's having basically an existential crisis, um, which is really interesting to me. So he's com- a complete enigma. I I do find it funny that in the old TV show, bullets would bounce off his chest, but they throw the gun at him and he ducks out of the way <laughs> duck, of the gun. Yeah, yeah, but but <laughs> I, I remember really liking Superman Returns when I saw it for the 
the aspect that I never saw Superman's powers shown the way it was in Superman Returns. Like he like the only sports reference I know, like he like single handed catches the uh a jet, like the that the giant uh right. I forgot who it was. And then um Terrence Owens or something like that. Uh and then like a bullet like breaks on his eye. And so I, I was like Iris of his eye, right? Yeah. And so I was like, wow, that's really interesting to me and i know a lot of people didn't like that because they only knew christopher reeves one where he had a more limitations than that like you would never see him get shot in the eyeball and not even blink i feel like he's super super overpowered and i don't know how anybody besides maybe captain marvel would stand a chance against him but the fact that i don't know harley he's the most arguably the most well-known besides batman and i know almost like it's like everything i know about this guy is not not the case <laughs> okay well i like so. it I, i'm 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 a big superman fan and okay i will tell you the one one thing about superman when you think of superman his greatest weakness is what kryptonite no yeah it's, no. His, it's his humanity okay and that's how you get to, and batman knows that and, yeah and, and lex Luthor knows that and that's how you get to superman i would love to read some uh superman comics because that's that's the the type of uh, heroes that I find myself really jumping to, like people that are more conflicted than I ever get to see in movies or TV shows. And that's like, again, like why Daredevil really stuck out to me, you know, going from Guardian Devil to reading Born Again, in which he's like, everybody's out to get like, he's got this like depressed paranoia, rightfully so. But it's like I related to that being like, you know, Foggy Nelson has nothing against him. He's trying to help him. He's like, no, Foggy's against me too. And like, mm-hmm. just like being so, oh, no pun intended, but so blinded by um, like anxiety and panic and depression. But so, so if I got to see some humanity in in Superman, that would be great. Hell, I'll take on Spider-Man because uh, I saw, a, read a great comic of when he lost his sight and like Daredevil has to help him like navigate because he doesn't have his sight anymore. And then of course, obviously Spider-Man gets it back, but there's like, but there's like such great moments in it that are not even action oriented. Like Spider-Man's like, Oh wait, no, I think my spider senses are picking up on something that only I would be able to do. Like he's trying to hype himself up, but daredevil had it already sensed like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. ago, but he pretends that he didn't to save his dignity. And you're like, that's see, that would never be in a show or a movie. That's what makes the comic run so good. Uh, little moments like that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully done. Yes. I agree with that. I mean, we can, um, I mean, as we wrap, we got to unfortunately wrap this up, but um, I think we could, um, we'll definitely give you some recommendations. I mean, Joe, probably you would say for Superman, what would you say? Would we say, because we recently did the episode, unfortunately, um, a Superman for all seasons or John Byrne volume one? I would, I would, I would uh, recommend uh, John Byrne's Man of Steel. Okay. uh, And I would also recommend Alan Moore's Superman annual number 11 from 1985 for the man who has everything. Which was made into a great episode of the. Uh, it really was Justice League. Yeah, Justice League, yeah, it's a great. I think it's the single best Superman story of all time. Wow. Uh, well, I, you know, hey, I am learning more and more just how good Alan Moore is. Um, I only read Watchmen before, uh, um, but he's he's incredible with this Swamp Thing. So hearing him, uh, reading him, watch uh, write Superman would be incredible. And I've got a couple of Batman recommendations. Obviously, oh, we talked about Batman Year One already. Uh, I would recommend Batman the Killing Joke by Alan Moore. And oh, hey. Nolan. I would recommend Batman the Man Who Laughs, which is uh, by Brubaker and Menke, which is the, a retelling of the first time the Batman and the Joker met. From It's a retelling of that story from Batman number one, 1940. Oh, wow. Uh, I would also recommend Batman number 251. I hope it's on Hoopla. This is the, the, the reintroduction of the Joker into the Bronze Age. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Neil Adams. Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill. Volume two of yeah. the yeah Neil Adams volume two. Collected. The homicidal maniac returns. It's it's an, oh wow. For a Superman Batman adventure, I think you need to read one of those. I would recommend Public Enemies by okay. McGinnis and Vines. So those are my recommendations. Yeah, Public Enemies well, yeah. was quite good. Yeah, um, I was. I'm sure I'll hit you guys up for these, or I'll just wait till this drops and I'll write them down as I re-listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we can text them or message them. I <laughs> yeah, mean, probably yeah. I would. I mean, aside from I mean, Chris would probably back me up. Tower of Babel. Oh, oh, which is hey, anything with biblical imagery, I'm all for. So Tower of Babel. Yeah, all to right. be clear, that's JLA, not Batman. Yes, yeah, just okay. JLA Tower Babel, but it's on Hoopla. And then I would recommend the Court of Owls, Batman, mm-hmm. the Court of Owls. Uh, the, okay, the epic collection. If you want to see one where Batman is fallible, that's a good one. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this has been this has been a lot of fun, guys. Thank you very much. I know we have to wrap it up, and so I better. Uh... No, no, no. I, I, I no, I. We're so happy that you could come. I mean, you'll so have to come back to Swamp Thing and Daredevil. Yeah, if you and... do, if you want to do a discussion on Swamp Thing or Daredevil, I am. Uh... Very excited about that. And if I read uh, these Superman comics and I have questions and then I could ask like, hey, who the heck is John Henry and why is he Superman? Um, Then then I could pick your guys' brains on that too. Very very important character, John Henry Irons. Well, the the tall tale of John Henry is one of my – you could tell him from Long Island when I said tall tale, right? Um, But (laughs) the uh, (laughs) – Right? (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, Suffolk County, Long Island, baby. But the <laughs> the um, the character, the actual tall tale of John Henry is one of my favorites. So, but that's why it came into my head. But yeah, I'll probably pick your brain about Superman too. This is awesome. Thank you sure. guys. You're quite welcome. Yeah, well, thank you being for being on Murray. Uh, we, I'm Josh. I was so Murray. Yeah, well, <laughs> call me whatever you want, guys. Yes. Well, thank you oh, for call being me on the dinner. show. <laughs> and, we, uh, and we look forward to having you back on to discuss more would, of these things. Maybe when you're done with the Alan Moore run, we can dive into swaddling there. I, I think, would absolutely love that. Um, I yeah. think talking about the entire Alan Moore run as a whole is something I wanted to do. And um, I almost bought it at Newberry Comics, uh, but I was like, eh, 120 bucks is it's more. A lot that's, yeah, that's real steep. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for for stuff I've already read uh, most of. <laughs> um, so, listening audience, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, as always, uh, can't do it without my co-host. So, thank you, Joe. Oh, this has been great fun uh, geeking out with with Josh. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. Always happy to talk Batman. Josh, thanks so much for being here. Always appreciate the dimension. Uh, that you thank you, guys. Thank you. And Josh, once again, thank you for being here. And if you want to hear more of Josh, you can obviously check out our cousin podcast, Trash Compactor, where he's on a bunch of episodes and is a frequent contributor and will be a future frequent contributor. So you can catch him there. And as if you want to give us comments about this episode, your thoughts on Batman and anything we've recommended or said, Daredevil, Swamp Thing, we went all over the place today. <laughs> uh, feel feel free in the, in the comment, section, comment section on the Facebook group to leave those comments. And if you want to email us about things we said, um, secretoriginsmc at gmail.com. We thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time.